When we're in a storm, whether it's a rocky marriage, a chronic health problem, or during an unsettling experience at our jobs, we all desire peace. We can acquire it whether we like the circumstances in which we receive it or not. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. The title of this episode is The Peace We Want Versus The Peace We Need. The Peace We Want Versus The Peace We Need. Um, this came to mind. I was having a conversation with uh, my brother, and we were talking about, well, I was telling him about um, an opportunity that I had. And I was talking about um, where before I made the decision in reference to the opportunity, I was talking about how nice it would be to have peace before making that choice. And um, I was telling him, I asked my sisters that same question in reference to making career choices. And I asked them, um, did you have peace before you made the decision? Did you have peace after you made the decision? Or did you just make the decision never really have peace? Or did you make the decision whether you had peace or not? You know, I was curious as to how that went. And um, I remember asking a friend of mine who was a, another man, and I asked them, yo, how did you go about making this? How do you go about making decisions? Do you seek peace uh, prior or afterwards? Or do you make them regardless? And he told me that he, in a nutshell, that he seeks peace before he makes this decision. Sometimes he makes the decision, probably gets peace after. And sometimes he just makes the decision and then he asks himself, you know, was that the right decision in this particular situation? He's like, God, did I make the right choice? And you know, we've all we've all done that to a certain degree. But while I was talking to my brother, I realized that um, both of our um, access, both of our access to peace, was different. But it was the same peace. It was two different types of peace in the same situation and they were both applicable for me I had a desire I had a want for peace so it was the peace that I wanted and that I was looking for and yet found <laughs> um, but my brother was talking about peace that he needed peace um, that he received um, after making a decision 
and peace that continues to um, present itself, you know, post making the decision, the aftermath of making the decision. So I wanted to use three different um, biblical references in relation to this because I thought this was very important, very important. Because when I was making this decision, it was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life. And it was very uncomfortable. The whole process was very uncomfortable. Uh, it was uncomfortable mentally, spiritually, and ultimately physically. I do believe that our bodies are, represent the physical representation of spiritual warfare. So when you, your body is undergoing a lot of stress, it's primarily a spiritual battle taking place. And the trouble that we fall into is that we tend to fight those spiritual battles with physical weapons. And the more we do that, the more we end up harming ourselves, literally. So I wanted to focus on that because I, that was a very, uh, that was a huge pivotal realization for me. Because I realized that while speaking to my brother, I was like, the peace that he received is what he needed. The peace that I am seeking is what I want. But they're both um, two different uh, types of peace on the, on the opposite ends of the same situation. So the examples that I wanted to use primarily um, come from the book of Matthew, if I'm not mistaken. No, I actually come from the book of Mark. Uh, these two uh, scripture references do come from the book of Mark. But what I'm going to do is um, create this sandwich of there are two different situations, but I'm going to put the meat right in the middle. So the first reference is uh, Jesus walks on the water. So I'm going to be reading from now. This isn't a Bible study or anything. I'm not going to uh, dig too deep into this. I do um, encourage you to read uh, God's word if you are a believer and you are interested. Even if you're not a believer and you're interested just in the the uh, contextual evidence in relation to what I'm reading, um, read uh, the New Testament because it's, it's coming out of the New Testament. Um, obviously, this is the time in which Jesus actually lived on earth and he's creating his discipleship and he's um, pretty much preparing um, for his death. So, which is the ultimate sacrifice, which gain gain um, allowed us to gain all of us to gain access to mercy and grace uh, for those of us who seek it and desire it so um but yeah it actually it, it it grants us all mercy and grace all all of us that do come to him and and, and all of us have access to god via jesus uh, due the death of christ because um, he he covered himself in our sins and he's god said i love you so much um, that I would give my only begotten son so that whosoever shall believe it in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. Um, probably the most iconic Bible verse quoted, um, but I just wanted to use that for a textual um, application. So I'm going to read from Matthew 14 verses 22 through 
uh, 33. I'm going to make this real quick. Uh, this section is called Jesus Walks on the Water. Again, read uh, the book of Matthew for contextual evidence, but I'm going to read it as is at this point. Um, Jesus has been involved with his disciples. And um, at this point, this is the reference, the biblical reference where Jesus walks on water and thus invites uh, Peter uh, to do the same. So uh, this Matthew, again, Matthew 14, 22 through 33, it says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got, da got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Again, that was Matthew uh, 14, 22 through 33. In this scenario, um, they see Jesus, Jesus himself, walk on water. And they look at him in amazement. And Jesus literally says, take courage. Don't be afraid. Peter needed God, Jesus, sorry, Jesus to tell him, yo, tell me to walk on water. And Jesus said, come. Now, Peter literally received, oh, literally a word from Jesus saying, come, walk on water. So Peter is literally walking on water just for a moment. And it says in verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. When God puts us in situations where he gives us and he, he equips us with everything we need to process the situation and go through it. What God is telling us to come walk on the water. Now, it might not be as miraculous as walking on water, but it's just as um, risky. It's just as questionable. It's just as fearful. You're walking on water, maybe moving to a different state where you don't know anyone for a new job position. You're walking on water is getting married um, after ending previous engagements because the person you were about to marry ended up stepping outside of the relationship. You're walking on water may be confronting someone about a situation or a problem that you have held on to for years knowing that if you continue to do this, not only are you gonna sever and kill the relationship, you're gonna be dying inside yourself. Walking on water may be 
just giving yourself self-respect is something fearful. It's, it's territory that you never really explored before. But when God opens a door and an opportunity for you to confront these fears and these concerns, what we do have to do is trust him because he wouldn't have asked us to come. He wouldn't have asked us, asked us to walk on the water if we couldn't, if we didn't have the ability. Jesus wouldn't have asked Peter to walk on water if he couldn't. And Peter started walking, but got fearful. The peace that Peter needed was for Jesus to literally grab his hand and save him. That was the peace he needed. But he he wanted in the moment in the moment of despair, moment of fear, he needed peace. He also wanted the reminder that Jesus is near and Jesus could save him. So in the midst of the wind, in the midst of the uncertainty, Peter, his need, his want became so severe that it became a need. He needed to be reminded. He needed to physically be saved. He needed to be reminded again. He needed to be reinformed. It needed to be reiterated that Jesus is near and that Jesus will provide safety. So in this scenario, Peter's uh, want changed, it turned into a near, and I'm sorry, it changed into a need. Um, Peter wanted to come across the water. It's because verse 28 said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And he needed, he needed that assurance. He needed it. He really needed it. Um, and in this scenario, like us, we need that confirmation that what we're doing is what's best. Right. Now, in this scenario, um, Peter had peace for a moment because he was walking on water. And the reason why he was walking on water, because he trusted Jesus, who gave him the OK to walk his way. But when things get shaky. The complexity of that peace causes us to become paralyzed. It causes us to sink. So we end up sinking back into the reality, going back to what I was saying, that nobody wants to marry me. We start sinking into the reality reality that once I move to this state for this new job, I'm not going to meet anyone. Nobody's going to like me. I'm going to do horribly, um, horribly wrong. I'm going to be horribly equipped, horribly... I'm going to have a horrible um, experience and I'm going to get fired and probably end up homeless, going to lose the job. Like you have you have so much doubt builds up because the peace that you could have had, the peace that's there 
is not in the form in which you want it to be. It is not attractive to acquire. It's not pretty. It's not simple. So um, we create these rhizomes of, uh, of negative thinking that appears to have no end. So in this scenario with Peter in relation to Jesus and walking on the water, um, Peter had peace just for a moment. But in order for you to have peace, you have to have faith. Now, you don't have to have a lot. And that's the next section that I'm going into um, is Mark uh, chapter four, verses 30 through 34. Now, again, I said I wanted to make a sandwich. Um, so I presented to you the Jesus walks on the water. And then now this is the parable of the mustard seed. So, again, this is Mark chapter four, verses 30 through 34. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and, it, and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So, um, it's funny because what I take from that is he did not say anything to them without using a parable. Now, when you use metaphors and similes this is basically the same thing metaphors and similes hyperboles exaggerations of something that's so simple it's a two it's it's a two-way street it's effort made on both ends somebody presents you a puzzle it is your job to solve it because if you think about it when somebody gives you a puzzle they've given you all the pieces so all the pieces you need to complete the puzzle are there. Now, as far as the skill and the time it takes to put it together, that's totally up to you. You can't say you don't have pieces. You can't say you have missing pieces because the person has given you all the pieces you need. So um, God, in reference to his word, has given you all the instructions, all the info, all the encouragement that you need, how you use it. That's up to you. That's totally up to you. Um, but the reason why I use this is because I wanted to, it to be the meat. It is like a mustard seed. It's verse 31, which is the smallest of all seeds, right? But even that one seed can build itself and mature into a large branch. Into a large branch is that branch out. Now, if you think about a tree, when there are multiple branches, not only does it produce other vegetation, not only does it provide shade for the birds, but it allows room for others to perch on the branches of your faith. So your faith, though it may be small, it's not just for you, it's for other people, because through your faith, you give life to the faith of others. So um, all Peter needed was the faith of a mustard seed. And that mustard, mustard seed was enough to get him 
to walk across the water, even if it's for a little bit. That was just a mustard seed. So going back to all our situations, all you have to do is take a leap of faith. And with that comes a peace that surpasses all understanding. I've experienced that earlier this year, and it was amazing because I was smiling on the inside. I couldn't even explain it. Nothing bothered me for a moment. But that was a season. That was a season. But I needed that season to remind me that where I was going, I was headed in the right direction. It was a season of me walking on water and realizing that I'm able to do this because Jesus told me to come. He wouldn't have told me to come if I couldn't do it. So um, that's why I put that sandwiched in there. Now, I'm going to jump to, and this is uh, the last part. As y'all can see, I'm shifting paper. Yeah, I printed this out. Um, I didn't want to put this on my phone. I wanted to physically see this. So um, next part is Jesus calms the storm. Jesus calms the storm. Now, this is the famous um, scripture where uh, you know Jesus is asleep in the boat and there's a storm. And, and um, they go to wake uh, Jesus up. And... and <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, um, I think it was Peter. No, no, it was the disciples. It says the disciples woke him up. I'm not going to misquote the Bible. Again, I would read this for context. Um, read it for yourself for confirmation. I do not want to misquote and misinterpret God's word. I do not want to do that. So I'm going to read it verbatim. It says Jesus calms the storm. Again, this is Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. That day... When the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care? If we drown, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now. See if I can find this while I'm on here. Um, one thing that I've started doing, not just because I'm a writer, but whenever you look up certain words within the Bible or even phrases, it gives you a better understanding of what the word is saying. So I can't find this it's bad. All right. So. Um. Yeah, so I looked up the word stern. Now, most of us are familiar with the word stern, like a stern look on your face, like a very rigid expression. But in this reference, it says, um, let's go back to, um, I think it was verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Now, the stern in this reference is the after part of a vessel. 
the back or rear of anything. So the back. So if the boat is going forward, that means whoever's in the front of the boat is catching all the water, all the wind. But Jesus is in the back, sleep, knocked out, snoring. And everyone is freaking out. Now, say for, um, say for instance, take the Avengers for, for, for instance. You have the Avengers, you have Thor, right? God of Thunder. You have Iron Man, genius. You have Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet Witch. You have a ooh, no, Black Widow, you know, talented. Um, Hand-to-hand combat, very intelligent. Um, you have uh, Hawkeye, right? Um, yeah, you have all these heavy hitters. You have Captain America, of course, right? But if you have the Hulk, Right. If you have the Hulk, even if he's in the natural form of Bruce Banner, you know, you have the Hulk on your side. So you're not going to worry because the more you upset the Hulk, the stronger he becomes. So the stronger he becomes, the more upset he is and the more he wreaks havoc on everything he hits, everything he comes in contact with. Right. So even if you did not have any powers or any natural abilities, just being in the presence of the Hulk should grant you ease because you know what you know, whatever comes your way has to deal with the Hulk. Now, in that sense, even before a fight begins, you have peace with the situation in this situation. The reason why this is so important is because though the storm was present, Jesus was there and he was, but he was asleep. And a lot of us mistake what we assume God's lack of presence as him ignoring what we're going through. And it's not because even in the midst of rocky, rocky waves and uncertain uh, winds coming in and out of our of our circumstance God is still present and in this situation Jesus was still present now one of my favorite pastors that I like listening to is T.D. Jakes he's characterized as the great communicator and he is I not just because he's a pastor but the way that he illustrates um, God's word um, and just illustrates life in general is very uh, comprehensible. So T.D. Jakes pointed out something that I thought was unique. Now, reading through this again, verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, there was wind. You can only imagine how big that boat was. I'm pretty so, I'm pretty certain it wasn't a big boat. So that means that boat was packed, which means that you felt everything when you were in that boat. The disciples felt everything, right? Um going back to uh like even when you think about small planes. Not sure if you've ever ridden a, a small plane or even a plane out of a small airport. 
you're going to feel everything. You're going to feel turbulence, everything. When that plane lands, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel like the wheels, the wheels are about to come off, depending on how well the, the pilot lands. Um, but you're just not certain. You're not certain. But the structure of the scriptures, the scripture describes the atmosphere and the weather. And then describes the situation which Jesus is is in. He's in the stern, but he's in the stern. If you work backwards, he's in this. He's asleep in the stern in the midst of the winds and the rain and the water. And none of that wakes him up. But when the disciples wake him up and say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? So it makes you wonder, going back to what T.D. Jakes was saying. If the waves, the water and the wind couldn't wake him up, what made us think that voices from the, the disciples could like these are just voices opposed to these acts of nature. And I was like, wow. So like T.D. Jakes mentioned, were, were their voices louder than the thunder and the lightning? Were their voices louder than the rain? Were their voices louder than the waves? No. That just goes to show that no, no matter the circumstance, it's not too big to disturb God. But when he hears our voice in distress, he hears us despite what's going on. So whenever you are crying, whenever you are, are upset and whenever you are tired, when you cry out to him, he hears you. God heard the voices of the Israelites when they were held captive in Egypt. In our minds, it took hundreds of years, but with God, he was waiting on the perfect time to send Moses to let his people go. So T.D. Jakes said that God, this is a beautiful uh, literary illustration. T.D. Jakes said that God can hear a tear run down the bridge of your nose at three o'clock a.m. The word that really caught my attention was here. God can hear a tear, which means that in that tear are your cries. In that tear is every moment throughout the day where you're like, God, I can't take this anymore. God, I'm scared. God, this is new to me. God, they're being rude. God, they're trying to destroy me and I'm doing the very best I can. All of that is um, caps is, 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 is captured within your tear, which means that's why God hears your tears. So going back to the title of this episode, the peace you want versus the peace you need. The peace that you needed, the peace that the disciples needed in this moment was realizing that despite Jesus's slumber, Jesus was present. Jesus has the power to make even the wind and the waves obey him. Quoting verse 41, even the wind and the, and the waves obey him. He has the ability to do that. 
So the peace that you need is the peace you need despite your circumstances, despite how heavy things get. That's the peace you need. But most of us have a peace that we want. We want the peace where if we shake God and say, hey, God, aren't you listening to me? God, don't you see this? That's the peace we want. We want to make a decision and then get upset because things aren't going the way that we have planned. So the peace that we want is a sign. We need something to remind us that everything is going the way it should. That's the peace we want. In this situation, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a peace that surpasses the storm and the waves. And then there's a peace that we want from God when things don't go our way. And I believe that God has a way of providing both. But the common denominator in both of those situations is us. We, once we have that peace, we have to hold on to it. Whether it's the peace that despite um, what we assume is God's absence, he is always present. And then there's the peace that we need to be reminded that God is always present. So in my case, going back to the example that I was speaking on with me and my brother, I was talking about how before a decision, I wanted peace. And I felt like I didn't get it. And then he told me that he made a decision and he actually received bits and pieces of peace after the fact. He was reminded that the decision that I made was good. It's a little rough in the middle. There are wind and waves that my brother experiences, but it's still peace because Jesus is in his boat. Jesus is in my boat. I'm the disciples trying to wake Jesus up and say, yo, don't you see what's going on? While my brother is in the front of the boat while Jesus is in the stern and he sees the waves, but he looks back and he's like, oh, Jesus is here. The Avengers, they say, dang, we have a Hulk. We're good. And in our in our case, we have God. We're good. We're good. So I hope that um, this encouraged you in any way. Um, but I wanted us, uh, I just wanted to remind you and let you know that Jesus is in your boat. And though it's rocky and though it's scary, he's there. And at any moment, all he has to do is say, quiet, be still. But God knows how to use the storm and use the waves to push you forward. Because if you think about it, I'm pretty certain that though the storm was there, they kept moving towards their destination. They kept rowing towards where they needed to be. Just because you're going forward doesn't mean you're not going to face any resistance. That's going to happen. The Bible does say that we will suffer. And it also says that we will go on to do greater things. Jesus says we will go on to do greater things than he because greater is he that is in us, God, that is in us, than he, Satan, is in the world. Greater is he that is in us. So whenever you come across these situations, I encourage you to remember 
that your storm is salvageable. Your storm is applicable. You don't go through storms for nothing. They're there to strengthen you. They're there to build your faith. And sometimes instead of, because like I said, all it takes is the faith of a mustard seed. But that mustard seed has to have roots, has to catch so it can grow. Because it's not just for you, it's for other people. So I hope this helps you. Um, I hope when my brother hears this, that I hope he knows that um, that conversation we had encouraged me to do this episode. Because I realized within that conversation that the peace that I was looking for was the peace of waking Jesus up and saying, yo, we're in the middle of a storm. But the peace that he was speaking of was the peace of knowing that though he's that knowing that Jesus is in the stern and you're in the front of the boat and you're feeling everything that's going on, you're reminded that you where you need to be. So um, hope you all have a wonderful day. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, this is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. And this on this episode titled The Peace We Want versus The Peace we need. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.